Uh, did everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Everybody? That's pretty boring, it kind of sounded like, but okay. Uh, my Thanksgiving was the, the night before my, my wife sent me a message and said, um, I'm going to give you some directions or instructions and don't ask any questions. Said, pack a bag for two days and an HDMI cable. That's so weird, right? So here's the thing is, my birthday was on Thanksgiving, so happy birthday to me. Thank you. You guys are great. Um, so... We, 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 she, she took me, she had a surprise, she rented a condo up at, up at Wolf Creek where we got snowed in. It was uh, beautiful up there, it was incredible. Um, but that was my Thanksgiving and my family ended up being there, it was a big surprise party for me. We had amazing food, like I was really tempted to wear sweatpants this morning, I'm still kind of feeling the after effects of, of Thanksgiving. I thought that would be weird to teach in that, but um, yeah, so, so here we are today, we're, we're continuing on in our, in our series on the Ten Commandments. Uh, I hope... For you guys, it has been kind of eye-opening. I know for me, it has been. A lot of times we get in that trap where we think we're kind of, we're living a pretty good life, we're doing things right, um, and then you start hearing about the Ten Commandments and, and how we're, we're not, how we're, we're failing, right? And then you make it to the Sixth command, Commandment, says, thou shalt not murder, and you're like, I got this one, right? And then whoever was teaching gives you a sermon that shows you you do not have this one. So uh, as much as a, a, a fun spoiler, this series of Ben, I hope it's really um, been enlightening to you to, um, to, to really dig deeper into these, these Ten Commandments. And, and, and this week, um, I'm pretty excited about this one. So I thought I would start us off with kind of a, a fun little story to get into. And so there was a, there was a man named Robert Strank, and, and he, he walked into the Huntington Bank in Beaver Creek, Ohio, and he was planning on robbing it. But there was one problem. On his way up to the teller, he passed out. That doesn't go so well when you're robbing a bank, okay? So the, the teller, she has no idea what's going on yet, and so she, they, she just calls an ambulance, right? And so the medics are on their way, and, and while they're on their way, he comes to. And I don't know if he, if he doesn't realize that, you know, what just happened, that he passed out, but he's, he's dead set on, on robbing this bank. So he still approaches the teller, and he hands her the note demanding money. About this time, the, the paramedics walk in, Right? And so what, when you call 911, when you call for an emergency, what happens? You don't just get the ones you need, right? You get two ambulances, seven fire trucks, and eight police cars, right? So along with the paramedics, in comes the cops, and so um, they, they, the, the paramedics check, check him out, and then they hand him directly over to the cops who arrest him. So Mr. Strength did not only uh, reveal himself to be among America's dumbest criminals, he also broke the Eighth Commandment. You like what I did there? That was my lead into Don't Steal. Right, that is, the Eighth Commandment is, is what we're looking at today, which, which uh, that's, that's what it says, is, is don't steal. Is this let me? There we go. All right, we're in. Um, yeah, so uh, don't steal. And some of you are probably thinking, again, like you did with the Sixth Commandment, I've got this. I've got this. Like, I know there's been uh, some times where I failed to worship God, maybe used his name in vain. I've, I've, I've dishonored my parents a, a couple times. I've, I've lusted. I've had hateful thoughts. I've called someone an idiot. But this one I've got. I know I've never robbed a bank. Right? I've never stolen anything. This one I have under control. In fact, the Eighth Commandment seems like the one that we can actually follow. In fact, 86% of adults claimed that they have completely fulfilled the requirements of the Eighth Commandment. 86% of adults, and, and as, as we're going to see, just like the Sixth Commandment, not to murder, where all of us have failed, we're falling short of, of God's requirements on this one as well. Now, here's the thing. Stealing is it, it's a big deal today. Okay, and it affects all of us. It's estimated that the property theft occurs once every three seconds in the U.S. Right, property theft once 
every three seconds. Like, who hasn't seen the videos of somebody coming up on the porch and still in the Amazon packages, right? But the videos, they look like they were filmed on a potato. Like, with all the technology we have and all the amazing cameras we have, we still, you can't see the person's face for some reason. Like, we cannot get a clear picture of the person's face. And so I don't, I don't know what's going on there. But I remember when, uh, when I was little, it was around Christmas time, and, and we had those, uh, you know, those big white reindeer out in the yard that have the lights all over them. They light up, and, and, and one morning we woke up to find out that our reindeer had been stolen. It was really sad. It ruined Christmas for me. But it was uh, like two days later, the, the reindeer came back. All right, the thieves brought the, the reindeer back, and, and, but when they brought him back, they had, they had put him in a position. <laughs> they were a lot more friendly than they were when they left the house, you know, and I was like five, so I was like, Mom, what are they doing? So we're just going to move on with that, okay? So stealing, it, it, it's a lot bigger problem than that, okay? That was, that was kind of a minor issue, but as we're going to see, it's, it's a big problem. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, uh, begin by, by looking at what the Eighth Commandment meant when God first delivered it through Moses in the book of Exodus. This is Exodus 20, 15. It says, you must not steal. That's it. You must not still. It's a very uh, simple commandment, but it really does pack a punch. And now, most, most clearly this commandment, it, it, it's talking about taking something that doesn't belong to you, right? Whether it's, uh, whether it's property or food or animal, uh, an animal, money, okay? God does not want you to take something that belongs to, to something else. That's what this is, the, 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 the real basic part of this commandment, okay? But this commandment goes a lot deeper than that. There were a lot of ways in the Old Testament that people were breaking this Eighth Commandment. For example, this commandment outlawed kidnapping. Okay, no, no kidnapping. That, that meant you couldn't uh, kidnap somebody into marriage. You couldn't kidnap somebody into slavery okay, or just good old-fashioned taking kids who aren't yours. Right? It, it outlawed all of that stuff. So the movie Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, if you've watched it, that's a horrible movie that breaks the Eighth Commandment over and over. All right? If you've never watched it, just don't watch it. It's not that good a movie anyway, but... It should never have been on Netflix. But, okay, so this commandment, it also, it condemns uh, the secret moving of boundary markers to increase your land, right, which was really a common practice in the Old Testament. This is, that was kind of the, the ancient version of building your fence on your neighbor's property, right? Maybe some of you have had that happen. Maybe some of you have done that. Shame on you, right? But you, you just you secretly do it to, you think nobody will know, and you're, you're just trying to extend um, your, your property. So uh, it outlaws the use of false measurements and scales in the marketplace, so back then, there wasn't really a, there wasn't a whole lot of money, right? So trading and bartering was done with goods. And so having accurate measures and scales was very important in, in the marketplace. And so they would, have, um, they would have weights that were fake weights, basically. So they, the shopkeepers would have one weight that would make whatever was on the other side of the scale seem lighter, or another weight to make whatever was on the other side of the scale seem heavier, right? So there was a lot of shady business practices going on, and, and this commandment outlawed that it forbids the selling of inferior quality goods. Okay, the Bible talks about those who were selling grain and, and mixing it with the chaff, and it calls them dishonest. I don't know what God would, would have to say about all the cheap knockoffs we can buy online now, but it, it's very clear that God didn't want his people to, to make money in that way. Um, it, it makes unlawful the, the charging of excess interest. Okay, so it, it, when people made loans to the poor, the unfairly enriched, the, 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 the loner, right, that was, it was really frowned upon. And, and um, the Bible's punishment for theft was, was often just restoring what was stolen with interest, okay? But typically, a thief had to pay back twice the value of what they stole, okay? Twice the value of what they stole. So that, that heist that you had planned, 
wherever you plan on stealing, you were just going to pay back that amount in restitution. Okay, so, so stealing was, it, it didn't really work out. Um, but if, if there was a more serious things that were, that were stolen, then, then the punishment could definitely be more severe. But this, this, this wide application, that all this stuff that this, this commandment covers, other than just your typical don't steal, right? It really shows us um, how, how many different ways that the, this Old Testament law speaks to us today. And what we see is that we haven't completely fulfilled the requirements of the Eighth Commandment. In fact, we're all pretty guilty of breaking the Eighth Commandment. And so I want to outline some of the ways that we might break the Eighth Commandment today because the, the truth is we're really just modern-day thieves. Right? We're just modern-day thieves. We're, we're the same things that were going on back then, we're doing today, we just have a little bit different way to go about it. Pastor Scott, he, uh, he shared a story with us about he, he really wanted this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figurine. And he, and he told us, he, he's like, I, I really felt like I could get it without being caught. And he even practiced like pulling it off the shelf and hiding it just to see if anybody would notice it, would notice it missing. Like, can you guys see Pastor Scott doing this? Like, this was just last week, so it's not hard to imagine, right? So, um, no, it, wasn't. It, it was when he was little. But maybe you're thinking like, why is Pastor Jason sharing stories about Pastor Scott instead of his own stories? And the reason why is because Pastor Scott's stories are PG rated. Because my stories don't end the same way, because this is how Scott's story ended like this. He was too scared to get caught, so he didn't steal the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figurine. My stories end a lot different than that. So we're just going to go with Pastor Scott's <laughs> stories throughout the Do Not Steal sermon. But I, I think we can all agree that, that, that simple stealing and kidnapping are wrong. I think we can all uh, agree on that. So what we're going to do is we're going we're to delve a little bit deeper into this Eighth Commandment and consider the different ways that we do steal today. All right. James 5.4 says, For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached out to the ears of the lords of heaven's armies. So one of the, 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 the most common ways we see thieving today, come on, stealing from employees. Stealing from employees. And, and the, the, the picture that we, that we see painted here in James 5.4 is of dishonest land, landowners who have cheated their laborers out of what they're owed. Okay? The, the, the dishonest landowner, they don't, they don't just have to worry about retribution from their, their workers. They have to worry about what God is going to do because the God in heaven who protects those in need, the God in heaven who hates injustice, right? So these, these wealthy employees, they, they might have thought that they were getting away with ripping off their employers. And maybe they did back then, right, according to the world, but they didn't get away with it with God. God is always watching what we're doing, so he sees all of their, their misdeeds going down. And, and this, this kind of theft, we, there's all sorts of ways that, that we do this today. Um, it could be failing to pay an employee what you owe them. Right? If you are a business owner, if you are the employer, failing to pay your employees what you owe them, um, refusing to give them an honest wage, Right? underpaying your employees, cheating your employees out of what they are due. That might look like withholding their benefits, right? withholding benefits that they deserve or, or that they have a right to claim. Each of these are, are real ways that the Eighth Commandment is broken. Now, there's the flip side of that, stealing from employers. Right? And this is probably one of the most common ways that, that we become modern-day thieves. And, and, and this includes stealing money and or stuff. Right? So you could be embezzling funds, you could be padding your expense report, you could be uh, wrongfully taking stuff from work like office supplies. You know who you are. 
or tools from the office, right? And, and at the same time, this includes stealing time, right? Stealing time, not putting in an honest day's work. Calling in sick when you're not really sick because we just got some sick powder and we want to hit the mountains, right? That's stealing time, right? Leaving early, arriving late without permission. And here's the thing is, is small theft can, can really become a huge problem over time. There's a gentleman named uh, Gilberto Escamilla. He worked for the Cameron County Juvenile Detention Center. And over nine years, he stole $1.2 million, wait for it, in fajita meat. Nine years. I don't know how much you have to steal every day over a nine-year period to get it, but $1.2 million in fajita meat from the jail that he worked at. Well, he ended up getting caught, right? Nine years later, he was tried and sentenced to 50 years in jail for stealing fajita meat. All right, so the small, small theft can become huge over time. Another way we, uh, we break this commandment today is stealing from society. All right, stealing from society. The Bible teaches that if you refuse to work, then you are stealing from society. If you refuse to work, you're stealing from society. Second Thessalonians says this, Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work, and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. See, if you're able to work, God wants you to work. If you expect society to take care of you because you're too lazy to work, it's a sin. That's a sin. If you expect society to take care of you because you're too lazy to work, it's a sin. The Bible also says that we shouldn't enable people who refuse to work. Okay? Now, again, this isn't, this isn't talking about people who can't work because of, of a medical issue or, or something related to that. Right? This is talking about people who would rather play Fortnite or watch Game of Thrones than go and get a job. Okay? That's what this is talking about. So th- this, this is a drain on society because you're, you're trying to force someone else to take care of you when you are perfectly capable of earning your own way of taking care of yourself. And then it says when, when, when you're not busy with work, you get caught up in other things, right? This Bible refers, or this verse refers to, to bothering others, right? To, to meddling in the affairs of others. And so what the Bible is saying is stop bothering others and get to work. Okay, stop bothering other people and, and get to work. Another way we, we break this commandment is by fraud and embezzlement. Modern technology has created all kinds of ways for us to defraud people, right? All kinds of ways for us to, to, to steal people's money. We have checking fraud. We can pay with bad checks. Internet sales fraud, right? Selling counterfeit items or, or taking payment for an item but not actually shipping anything. We have identity theft. We have pyramid schemes, right? Welcome to Utah, capital of pyramid schemes. And listen, I don't care if you call it multi-level marketing. It's a pyramid scheme. Let's just call it what it is, okay? There's insurance fraud. There's charity fraud. The list just goes on and on and on. And then there's embezzlement. Right, which is mishandling the, the, the other people's money that's been put into your care. It could be a store clerk who pockets money from the store. Okay? It could be a payroll clerk who creates fake employees or, or, or is pocketing some of the money's payroll tax. A bank teller who's skimming off the, the top of deposits. Right? All of these ways that, that, that we are creating or, or committing embezzlement. And God takes this seriously. Okay, God takes this stuff seriously, and, and, and here at Alpine, we, we try to pursue the highest level of transparency and integrity with the money that, that you guys donate. Right? We want to be really careful with that. In fact, we're, we're accredited by the, the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Man, I thought it'd be way more exciting. Like, that's the coolest thing ever, right? Okay, but it really is a, a big deal, right? We're, we're actually very proud of, of being accredited by these guys because it, that, that's how important 
your guys' money is to us. Right? The people who give to Alpine, we want to make sure that, that they understand it and they know where their money is going and what Alpine Church is doing with it and how we're, how we're using that, that money. And so we want to be um, proactive in, in, in sharing that information. So uh, that my question to you becomes, how much integrity do you have with other people's money? Okay, how much integrity do you have with, with other people's money? So another way we, we break this is um, tax evasion. Now, I know most people aren't too happy with the federal government. Okay, that's okay. I'm right, th- I'm right there with you, and, and I know that most people would like to pay less in taxes. I don't know anybody who's like, I wish I paid more in taxes. Right? You, just, you don't hear that. And so uh, we, we, I, I'm with you guys on that, and I completely understand where you're coming from, from but ripping off the government is stealing. Right? Ripping off the government is stealing. God doesn't say, pay your taxes if you want to. Right? He doesn't say, if you feel like it this year, go ahead and pay your taxes. That's not what God says. In fact, Jesus actually says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Right? Jesus is, is confronted with, with this question. They, they ask him, Jesus, should, should we pay taxes? Because doesn't everything belong to God anyway? And Jesus says, there's, there's really no option here. There's no choice. Right? Give to God what is God's, but give to the government what belongs to the government. Intellectual property. This sort of stealing occurs all the time at, at school and at work. Right? Maybe you, uh, you, you steal a research paper and claim it as your own. Maybe you copy somebody's homework and turn it in like you, you did all the work yourself. You steal your coworker's idea or maybe one you heard on the, on the bus on the way to work or, and then didn't give somebody credit for it. Right? Or you steal an idea and present it as your own, take credit for it. You steal a joke and take credit for it. Okay, that one's not really that bad. But let's face it, like some of you just aren't that funny and so stealing jokes is like your only hope. Right, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna forgive you for that. It's okay. You don't have to worry about that one. But, but stealing intellectual property is, is just as much breaking the Eighth Commandment as stealing tangible objects. Right? And it's just as punishable by the law. Right? Stealing things that you can't see, that, 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 that stealing an idea is just as punishable by the law as stealing a tangible object. Another way we break th- this commandment is by stealing love. Stealing love. Now, admittedly, this is... This is one that the government can't pin you down for, right? but God, God can. God can pin you down for stealing love. And here's what I'm thinking of, of how we might steal in our relationships. We might manipulate or coerce people. Right? We might say to a loved one, you, you owe me love or you owe me compassion. You owe me attention. Right? We, might, we might throw a pity party and, and complain until we get our way, until we get what we want. Instead of... Instead of receiving love as a gift from a person, we, we force them or trick them or manipulate them into loving us. That's how we steal love. That's how we steal in our relationships. And, and finally, the, the last way we most commonly break this commandment today is by robbing God. By robbing God. This occurs when we, when we don't give God what's due to him. Malachi 3.8 says, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. See, Israel was, was robbing God because they, they failed the tithe. Right? They failed to give him 10% of their, of their monies like he had commanded them to do. And as a result of that, they faced economic ruin. If you are a Christian who fails to give financially, then you are robbing God. Okay, I'll say that again. If you are a Christian who fails to give financially, then you are robbing God. 
See, God has given us everything that we have. Everything belongs to him, and he expects you to give some of it back to him. He expects you to give some of it to your local church. He expects you to take care of those who are in need. Okay? And remember, this isn't a sermon about giving. This is a sermon about stealing. Okay? Everything we have belongs to God anyway, and he expects you to use that for good. There's a whole host of, of, of spiritual and financial consequences that the Bible talks about that we receive when we rob God, okay? And none of them are, are, are what we want to experience in our lives. Now, here's the truth. Everyone steals. Everyone steals. And maybe just not in the, in the common way that we think about it, right? Like stealing stuff off the shelf at the store. But we all steal. We're all guilty of it. And the only solution... For that is what Jesus did on the cross. See, one of the greatest things about the Ten Commandments is that it reminds us how much we need Jesus. Right? Because it's so easy to just overlook the, the Ten Commandments and just think, oh, that's just, that's just churchy stuff. Right? The Ten Commandments are so old, they don't apply to us, and, and we just go on and on. It's so easy to forget about what the Ten Commandments actually represent. Right? Because the Ten Commandments tell us how to live a perfect life. And because none of us are perfect, we can't do it. Right? None of us can, can, can live up to the expectations of the Ten Commandments. But Jesus came and he did. Right? He lived that perfect, sinless, blameless life. He followed every one of the Ten Commandments perfectly. Right? He never took his father's name in vain. Right? He always honored his, his parents. He didn't steal, he didn't murder. Right? It, it, any of the Ten Commandments you can take, and Jesus followed it perfectly something we could never, ever even imagine doing. And then he went above and beyond that. Because even though he lived a perfect, sinless life, even though he deserved no punishment, he went to the cross and he paid the price for our sins. He paid the price for every time one of us breaks the Ten Commandments. He took the penalty that, that we deserved, and he paid the price, and he said, it is finished. And so we get this amazing gift of grace to where we, when we put our faith in what he did on the cross, we can be forgiven of all of our sins. We can be washed clean. We can be made whole. That's the most amazing gift ever. So God didn't only provide a way for us to have forgiveness, but he also provided a better path than the way of stealing. See, the solution to stealing is a habit of generosity. Okay, the solution to stealing is a, a habit of generosity. One of the things I, I love about the Bible is it doesn't just leave us hanging. Right? It doesn't just address the problems and then move on. It, it also gives us solutions. It tells us how to replace our bad habits. And so we, we see this here in Ephesians 4.28. It says, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. I love this. There's, there's three things going on here, right? The first one, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Like, just plain and simple. If you're a thief, knock it off. Stop doing that. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. Just stop, right? But then he, then he moves on, and he says, instead, use your hands, what you were using for stealing, use your hands for good, hard work. Make a living. If you're able, if you're capable, go out and, and do some good, hard work. Make that money. Earn your way, right? And then he says, after you've earned that, give it away, Right? Like, that's how crazy, how crazy Jesus is. Like, after, you do, after you've earned that, give it away generous, generously to others in need. When we do that, we're trusting in God to provide for us everything that we need. 
when we don't hoard and, and hang on to everything we have, we're trusting God. So God's antidote to stealing is a life of generosity and hard work. Generosity is, is focusing on how much you can share instead of how much you can take and consume. Okay, instead of, instead of um, feeling like you need to take more and more and more, you can give freely. You're, you're trusting God to provide you with everything that you need. See, stealing is valuing a possession over a person, where generosity is valuing the person over possessions. So what do you value more? Do you value people? Do you value possessions? Let me close with this. There's, there's really there's three ways to look at our stuff. What's yours is mine, which is stealing. What's mine is mine, which is selfishness. selfishness. And what's mine is God's, which is what generosity looks like. So let's break these down really, really quick. What's yours is mine means that I can take whatever I want, even if it's yours. What belongs to you, I can take. That's the, the, the most basic def, definition of theft, right? And that's, that's usually what we, what we think about when we, when we think of this Eighth Commandment. But there's, there's another wrong attitude with that, this, this second one, what's, what's mine is mine. And that's an attitude of selfishness and, 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 and greed. Okay, what's, what's mine is mine. I, I refuse to share it with others. And this, this goes against God's heart for us because he's been so generous with us. This leads to the kind of life that is all about you. Not about God, not about others, all about you. And then this last one, generosity, it, it, it sees everything that we have as belonging to God. What's mine is God's. Everything is God's. He's given it to us to share. So how will you view your stuff? How will you view your possessions? And our hope, my hope, is that you will use your stuff and your possessions and live a life of generosity. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just being such an amazing God. God, I pray that as we, as we keep, keep digging into these Ten Commandments, God, that they will just work in our hearts, God, that they will take a hold of us. And, and God, not just show us how, how much we need you and how much we're, we're, we're failing, God, but, but show us that there's hope. God, show us that there, there's life and there's, there's forgiveness and there's answers in you. God, that you provided us with, with protection from our failings. God, you provided us with an answer to all of our failures when you sent your son to die on the cross for us. God, what an, what an amazing gift, what a powerful gift for you to, to, to share with us. God, you're, you're so giving and so so generous and just so loving, God, that, that, that you would be willing to make such an incredible sacrifice for us, God. So I just pray that as, as we take this home today, God, as we think about this eighth commandment not to steal, and God, as we, if we looked at all these, these different ways that are such commonplace theft in the world today, God, I, I pray that anybody in here who, who maybe had their eyes open, who maybe heard something that, that was said and thought, wow, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. I didn't realize I was breaking that Eighth Commandment, God. I didn't realize I was failing you and that I was living in sin. God, I pray that that person just has, has a strength and a, and a resolution to, to, to carry on, God, to, to turn to you now for forgiveness because that's what you offer us. God, I just pray that, that we would be a people who love others. God, I pray that we would be a people who love you and glorify you and lift you up above everything else.
thank you, God, for everything you've blessed us with, for all you do for us. That's in your name we pray. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my bad. We are going to do communion. All right. <laughs> for some reason, I was thinking there was another song. I apologize. I get confused when I pray. Um, so, Here's what we're going to do. As the, as the worship team plays the last song, you are welcome to come forward and, and grab a wafer and dip it in the cup of juice. And we, we do this, um, of course, in remembrance of what Jesus did for us on that day when he last met with his disciples and, and, and they broke bread together. And he said, eat this bread in the remembrance of my body, which is broken for you. Right? And they, and they took it and then they, they passed the cup of, it was wine, which this is not. Um, it could be. It could be. Don't ruin it. <laughs> it is juice. So kids are welcome to do this, right? And they, they pass the, the, the cup around, and he said, drink this and remember the blood which I spill for you. And so we, we do this as a time to remember the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us. And, and uh, this is such an amazing time of year for us to remember right, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior and, and remember the sacrifice that he, that he took on for us. And so we don't have any um, requirements. You don't have to be a member here at Alpine. We just ask that you put your faith in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Uh, and if you've done that, you are welcome to join us for communion. So as the worship team plays this last song, just as you feel led, go ahead and come up and, and grab the wafer and dip it in the juice and then take it back to your seat. Uh, so let me, let me pray real quick before we do that, and then we'll close. God, thank you so much for, for your sacrifice and, and just the opportunity to celebrate that, the opportunity to remember um, what it is that you've done. God, and I pray that we would take this time to, to think about, um, take really an inventory of our life, God, and to think about those sins that we're, that we're living in, God, those, those things that are, we're kind of hiding from others, God, those, those, those secret sins that we have in our life, God, a lie that we're, we're living in, something that we, we should have said and didn't. That's something we still need to ask you forgiveness for. God, put those on the forefront of our mind and remember that as we do this, as we take communion, that that's what this is all about. God, this is all about that forgiveness that you offered us when you allowed your body to be broken, when you allowed your blood to be spilled so that we could celebrate the life of your son. God, and then the death of your son, which gives us life. So thank you for that, for that sacrifice. God, thank you for an opportunity to remember that. God, I pray that your spirit will just lead us and guide us through this last song, God, that we can, um, that we can make a joyful noise for you. We love you, God. We praise you in your name.